before we even kick off the podcast, I just want to remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. Hi, I'm Coach Tony Schiffman, and welcome to the Hog Football Podcast, where we talk all things football and all things offensive line. Today, I've got Coach Andrew Previs with me. Coach Previs is currently the offensive line coach at University of South Dakota. Uh, before that, he spent uh, time as the offensive or as the um, defensive line coach, excuse me, at Western Illinois. Uh, spent time coaching the tight ends. Spent his start got his career started at Wisconsin Eau Claire, where he was a player. Uh, coaching as a student assistant coach, and then coached at University of Minnesota Duluth for some time as a linebackers coach. Uh, coach, welcome aboard. How you doing? How's it going? Really good. Appreciate being on here today. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you uh, glad you could find some time to, to to sit down and talk with me a little bit. So, uh, talk to me real quick uh, about um, you've been a part of some different squads and some some successful teams. Talk to me about how the offensive line uh, played a part in the success of those those teams. You know, I, it's from a culture standpoint, it's what builds you right away. Um, you know, you know, you deal with about most rosters, you know, anywhere between 15 to 25% of your players uh, are going to be offensive linemen. So they're going to have a big uh, portion of building your culture. And um, especially on the offensive side of the ball, when they're, when they're almost half the guys that are on the field um, and, and they have to build a work ethic and a, and a sense of toughness and um, protecting uh, as protectors in order to build that culture throughout the team. Um, you know, dominant offensive lines make up for a lot of things. Uh, there's two, you know, two things in football, we all know that, and that's a really good quarterback can help out a lot of things and a really good offensive line can make a lot of things go. Um, and, you know, so the very, very good teams I've been on had both. Um, and, you know, pretty excited about this upcoming fall because we feel like we're in that same situation. That's awesome. That Yeah, that's, I mean, you are right. It's, 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 I don't, I don't know if you could ever find a, a really successful team and look at them and say, ah, their offense lines, meh, and their quarterbacks, meh. I mean, I'm sure it's happened before. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you one. I couldn't think of one off the top of my head, but, but yeah, you're, you know, the, the good teams at least have one of those. The great teams, you're right, have, have both of those. So that's absolutely a great point. Um, so you, you, you kind of, you got your coaching career. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about your time at, at Eau Claire, but you, you started at Minnesota Duluth coaching the linebackers, um, and then you went to Western and were coaching the defensive line. Talk to me a little bit kind of about how it came to be coaching the defense, and then talk to me a bit about your transition from defense back to offense and how that went. Yeah. You know, and I know we're, you know, it's kind of funny starting out at the, I'll actually start out that one year I was at Eau Claire because. It was funny. I went in there and I was kind of helping out the old line. I wasn't thinking about getting into coaching. And uh, our coach called me in and our GA at the time kind of flaked out. He's like, hey, you got to coach running backs. I'm like, I didn't know anything about running backs. So I put in a Tom Osborne running back VHS. I kid you not. It was 35 <laughs> minutes long of Indy. And those poor running backs did that 35 minutes of Indy every single day. Um, with the same coaching points. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't have a clue what I was talking about. Right. Um, and so I did that, uh, you know, and I got the bug. Absolutely loved it. Um, wanted to wanted to get into coaching. Um, found a GA job at Minnesota Duluth uh, with Coach Nielsen, who I'm one of the 
you know, fortunate people in this profession. I've only had one boss uh, since I graduated college. Oh, wow. Uh, and Coach Nielsen and have been with him the entire time. Uh, you know, he hired me as a defensive graduate assistant there where I got to learn under Coach Strop and Coach uh, John Stager. John Stager is one of my biggest uh, influences, really taught me, you know, the, the definition. I mean, that, that guy is a hardworking, attention to detail. Um, and he taught me, you know, the importance of, you know, the little things uh, more than anybody has. Um, and, and, you know, my first year at Minnesota Duluth, I was fortunate. I, was, I coached outside linebackers, and those kids were both All-Americans. And they taught me a lot more than I taught them mm-hmm. uh, and, and just great kids. Um, you know, we made a good playoff run there uh, with exceptional offensive line. Um, the next year, a um, little bit younger at the position group, learned a little bit more. Uh, I also had a chance to work with uh, uh, Tyler Yelk, who's now at Temple, who's also uh, one of my dear friends and also another mentor of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when we went to Western Illinois, I got a chance to work right underneath with Matt Entz in the defensive line, who's now the head coach at North Dakota State for a year. Yeah. Um, so I got, I got a chance to learn under him and and obviously, with his success and his attention to detail, him playing for Coach Nielsen. Um, coach Nielsen was the tight ends coach. Um, I had the opportunity. Uh, he stepped back to be really be the head coach uh, and help oversee um, everything. Uh, so I coached off the tight ends for two years there. Uh, we went to uh, with Coach Blazik uh, coaching the offensive line. Um, and Coach Blazik, our offensive coordinator, who's another great friend of mine, another mentor of mine. Um, coach Blazik taught me a lot as well. Uh, we went to uh, the University of South Dakota where Coach O'Boyle was the offensive line coach for the first two years. I was a tight ends coach. Uh, and then I trans- transitioned into the offensive line coach, and this will be my third fall. Okay. So, I mean, was it – did you have struggles, Did you do you think? Or, or was it – I mean, was it almost easier – I mean, there's a, there's a ton of guys I know that, that say, you know, to, to really be successful on offense, you got to coach the defense at some point or, some, you know, vice versa. But, I mean, was it was – it, tough to kind of get back into that offensive frame of mind, so to speak? No, I don't think it was tough. And I also, I don't know if I buy that. You have to teach one to learn the other. <laughs> um, like either you can, you know, you got to find ways to to coach kids and reach kids. And, and as long as you know what you're talking about, you just got to be able to, to relay messages and get kids to buy in. Right. Um, you know, that's, I don't know if there's a magic potion on how many years of this and that. There's a lot of really good young coaches that have coached, uh, both sides and there's a lot of really bad coaches that have coached both sides I think um, you know that I don't know is, is so much the key is it it was hard I mean the hard part for me was um, when I take over a place and people that, that know me and know this about me I'm, I'm extremely demanding um, and it takes a little bit of time for me to build a culture mm-hmm. um, because it's you know it's it's not easy and and it's not supposed to be uh, but uh, you know they're going to know that in the long run, this is going to pay off. And, and now we've, you know, uh, we've got that here at the, at the university of South Dakota. The hard part was coaching defense. Hard part was coaching in general right away. Cause I didn't know anything, right. you know, um, I still don't know anything. I'm, I'm 33 years old. There's people that, um, you know, you, Tony, you probably forgot more football than I've learned. And yeah. that's, I don't know um, about that. <laughs> and that's, that's just part of the deal. And it's, um, you know, that's, I'm always out there trying to get knowledge. It's why I put on some of the symposiums that I do. It's why, um, you know, I'm on these things all the time. I'm, you know, and, and that's a, you know, a kudos to you for how much that you do for this profession, especially within the offensive line play and, and trying to develop that knowledge and developing, you know, this, this great sport we're a part of. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it kind of just, 
I mean, it, it, for me, it just stemmed from, again, like you said, just learning as much as we can and, and, and just networking, building those relationships for, for all coaches. Because, I mean, I've said it before, uh, you know, the coaching fraternity, in my opinion, whether you coach middle school or whether you're, you know, in the NFL, I think the coaching fraternity is so close and so special that it's just, um, you know, we, we've got to do everything we can to keep it alive for sure. Yep. But so kind of backtracking a little bit, and this is something, you know, I'm always, and you touched on it already a, a little, but uh, I'm always kind of fascinated by guys who get a chance to coach at their alma mater. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, you know, you, you kind of, you already touched on a little bit, but kind of expand some on, on how that season went coaching at Eclair and, and um, you know, how it, um, how it kind of just helped you as a, as a coach. Uh, I mean, that year helped me out a ton. Uh, I got a chance to work for, um, you know, a guy I played with um, or, or worked for the guy I played for. Right. Uh, and my offensive line coach, Matt Kender, who's, who's now high school coach in Wisconsin, does a great job. Um, and that was a really good staff. But the, the thing that – and people got to realize this, especially, you know, at those lower levels, if you have the opportunity to coach at your alma mater right away, that is the hardest job there is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it was, you know, two weeks ago you're out at the bars with these guys and now you have to find a way to separate and you have to find a way to separate yourself as a professional and separate yourself as um, an individual. And that's not the easiest thing to do is, is these guys are your brothers. These guys are your best friends. And, um, you know, you have to, you have to, if you want to be successful, you can't be the guy that's out on the bars with them on Saturday night after a game um, and expect them to come in and take you hundred percent seriously on Sunday. Right. Um, so I think that to me was one of the hardest transitions is is you have to develop uh, a sense of separation from the guys that are really your family um and and obviously as a coach they're still your family but that's a different dynamic and that dynamic it takes a mature guy you know coach yelk i watched him do it at duluth and he did it better than anyone i've ever seen um you know and that was that was hard for me uh but i was able to do it and i'm glad that i did because it, it made future it made my future coaching a lot easier um you know and i like looking back on it and it's funny you think you you think you ever know things and it's crazy that you never do um but man I don't know how much I really did like I was just trying to keep keep above water at that point so I, I think they're just keeping me along as a favorite at some point right so it wasn't well, worth I mean, the polos they were giving me what's that I don't know if I was worth the polos they were giving me <laughs> I'm sure you were coach that that's kind of a interesting you say that though because I think there's I think I think Truthfully, every good coach, in my opinion, every good coach kind of has that moment in their during the season where they say, "Oh boy, what am I doing? Am I doing this right? Am I, am I you know, are they going to get this? Are they going to understand this?" And I think that's kind of that's that goes along with our humility as coaches and our our humbleness and and you know the ones that kind of say, "Oh, I, they they're they're doing it wrong," or "Oh, I'm I'm right 100 percent of the time." Those are the guys that kind of you know, you look at the success they're having or the, the buy-in they're getting from their players, it's probably not as good as, as, as some of the other ones who maybe have those, you know, brief moments of panic in the office where they're saying, oh, crap, what's, what, what are we doing today on the, on the practice plan? Why, why, why am I doing this during any time? Why did I waste my time? So, you know, I think yeah. it's good that, that we all kind of have those moments every now and again. Well, guys that don't use self-reflection better be pretty damn good recruiters. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure right there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Coach, last question I've got for you. Uh, if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen, and, and this can be guys you've coached, guys you've, you've played with, or guys that you are a, a fan of, just as a, a, you know, a casual fan, 
who would be on that five-man offensive line? Man, this sounds it sounds like you know I, that's a that's a really hard question, Tony. <laughs> um, you know, obviously you have all the the NFL things and and you know Joe Thomas. How do you not put him on there? I'm from Wisconsin, Orlando right. Pace. Um, you know, but I mean, even more so, like the. I look at the guys I'm coaching now and, and the things that we have, it's, it's, to me, it's so much more than, yeah, you want to be six, seven, you want to have long guys, you want to have athletic guys, mm-hmm. but man, you got to have guys that want it. And I think that's changed more than, you know, my five guys are guys that want it, that want to be a part of the family. that want to be something, be a part of something bigger that are excited to come into work every day. And I think that is getting harder and harder to get. And that culture is getting harder and harder to build. And I think that's our job as offensive line coaches. Um, so I guess, you know, the cheating answer for me would be five guys that just want it, like okay. five guys that, that can't get enough of it. Five guys that this is their sole purpose, um, to come in here and do it for each other and do it for the family. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely, Joe Thomas is going to be one of those guys that are, that are part of that five. Okay. Um, well, Charles Bentley in his prime, if you guys ever watch any of that film for people have is unbelievable. Um, you know, Orlando Pace, uh, you know, those guys, they're all really, really special players. Uh, and, and smart guys, guys yeah. that, guys that, you know, we talk about in our room all the time, you got to have some swagger to you. Yeah. Um, you got to have yeah. some confidence and you got to, you know, the, you know, the Joe Moore award, which is something that we all strive and seek after. And, you know, the greatest quote of all time, there's, there's nothing, um, better than moving another man against his will. And that's that, that type of swagger and that type of attitude is, is what we're going to go out and seek. And that, those are the, those are the, what I want in those five guys on my Mount rush. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you talked about, you talked about intelligence, I think, I've talked about this a couple times on the podcast before about how offensive linemen are, are always seen sort of as the, the big unathletic guys, which is so untrue. You know, where if you, if you put on any sort of football movie or football TV show, the offensive lineman's always the big dumb idiot. Well, I hate to break the news to all these people in Hollywood, but offensive linemen are 99% of the time some of the smartest guys on the field. Um, and some of the smartest guys in the, in the program. So, uh, you know, yeah. that you know, you know, the hardest, hardest part about coaching defense is trying to follow up with all the grades all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause you they do that as a line coach. It's nice. Exactly. They, they, yeah, the, the defensive guys, that's what they do. Defense go, go, you find ball, get ball offense. There's a lot more to it. So, um, definitely we are, we are the underrated intelligence for sure. Um, well, Coach, uh, I appreciate you coming. I'll get you out of here. Before you go, do me a favor, drop your Twitter handle uh, and any other information you want these guys to know. Yeah, my Twitter is, uh, you know, at Coach Prevost. Um, and, and it's, like I said, I put a lot of motivational stuff out there. Uh, the, for, the, for those guys that follow me know about uh, the, our hippo movement, we call it. And uh, it's, it's taken off by storm. And, and I appreciate you having me on here, Tony. And, um if you guys ever need me or anything like that, feel free to message me uh, on my Twitter and, and I'll get back to you guys. Awesome, Coach. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, good luck to you this upcoming season. Hopefully you guys stay stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, we'll see you down the road. All right. Thank you. Go Coyotes. Thanks, Coach. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you like and subscribe, and you can find previous episodes on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. 